Hey everyone, Tom here, Alf Batalaga here with yet another episode. If you're not familiar with the show, we are going through the entire back catalogue of Metallica. Every single song in alphabetical order. Today you find us uh, on the G's. We've made it all the way to the G's. We are doing The God That Failed. Uh, just before we get to today's episode, today's guest, please follow the show at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me if you want to come on the show. MetallicaPod at gmail.com. Come and request a song. You know, as I've been saying in the past couple of episodes, we've not got anything available really Really until 2019, when you've got songs like um, Now I Want to Sniff Some Glue and what else have we got there? Pumping Blood and Remember Tomorrow. You know, not really interesting Metallica songs per se, although every Metallica song is interesting in its own way. But yeah, if you want to come on the show, you want to do a concert recap or a top five, top ten, whatever, get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We've got the Patreon there as well. If you want to support, you want to give back, everything goes on the Patreon first. If you also want to give back to the show, you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And I'm joined with uh, really a day one patron. I think you'll be the first patron ever, Alex. And I'm really happy to have you back. How's it going, man? Going great, man. Other than this uh, messed up back that I'm off work for, but that's getting a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of time to listen to records, right, I would hope? Yes, I'm listening to a lot of vinyl. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we had you on the show before. Uh, we did Die Die My Darling, which was episode 35, which I was saying to you just before we went on air, I can't believe that was 18th of December that actually came out. So that was, you know, six months ago or now, but the time of this recording just boggles my mind. I noticed in my little bio, I put a link to your Discogs profile, which we think you mentioned before, you know, the sort of stuff you're selling. And one of the things I noticed that you're selling that, that I think is pretty cool, I didn't realise this, it was uh, Cover Me by Bruce Springsteen, which is the second song of Born in the USA, one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. And the B-side is actually a Tom Waits song, Jersey Girl. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, I bought that. came in a $5 box of 45s where most of them I threw away. I was able to sell a Johnny Cash uh, Ring of Fire. It was a 1960 Sun repress of, mm. that, of that record. It was in tough condition, but... I knew a Johnny Carson, a Johnny Carson, Johnny a Johnny Carson. Cash fan yeah. that just wanted that. And then I kept, uh, I'm a huge Buddy Holly fan. Right. I've been to the museum in the summer. I'm going to the crash site. Uh, oh, right. So wow. I've got a couple, uh, I've got a couple of the re- repressed uh, singles. Oh boy. And uh, that'll be the day from the 1960s also. So the, most of them just ended up in the trash. But I made money on the box already, so whether they sell or not, that's... <laughs> yeah, um, I, Buddy Holly, I need to listen to more. I've been rereading a fantastic biography of the Beatles at Mark Lewisham's all these years. And, you know, Paul and John were obsessed with Buddy, and I'm obsessed with the Beatles. So I, I want to jump in, but I don't know. I don't mean to be disdainful here, and I know that I'm wrong, but it's a little too bubblegum America for me. Am I wrong here? Well, it's yet a thing of the time. That's mm. uh, oh, Buddy yeah. Holly was... Uh, one of the first ones, and you know, and I've there's a film of uh, oh, that Gary Paul Busey, McCartney right? has running at the museum. Mm-hmm. No, no, this is oh, a no, documentary the that's oh, running the documentary. at okay. the at the Buddy Holly Center. Mm. Uh, you know, the reason Paul and John liked him so much is that he was the first one they saw that was in control of everything. He wrote the music; it was his arrangements. And he even, you know, he played the solos. I mean, you think there was mm. nothing like that, you know, before. Uh, and his, his just, you know, 18 months of 
professional recording was all he had yeah. before he died, and uh, he just just released a massive amount of music in that time. Um, you know, when they did their tour, when Buddy Holly and the Crickets did a tour of of England, uh, you know, that's um, you know the Beatles. Uh, have claimed you know it's it's been written that that's why the beatles are called the beatles is because after the crickets uh of course there's the band the hollies and uh in paul mccartney's film he shows how afterwards there's it's like every band had someone in had someone in the band in those uh horn-rimmed glasses that (laughs) buddy was famous for well, we you know we're a long way from Buddy Holly here. We're speaking about the God that failed, yeah. uh, you know the the mammoth track that takes place towards yes. the end of the Black Album. As we established in the first episode, you've been a fan you know for a long, long time. I think you saw them on the Justice Tour initially. Is that right? That was the first yep. time you saw them. So yeah. you know the God that failed was something that you experienced in real time. Do you remember any of those sort of early takes on this song? What you thought when you first listened? You know, it was a guy that. Uh, worked with me at uh, my dad's carpet store. We were big Metallica fans. Uh, we, the bands we shared in common were Metallica and Overkill, and we we had gone out and it's just we sat there in the where in the carpet warehouse and we just listened to that tape over and over and over on that. And it was just every song we just uh, you know this song you know just with that intro with that marching beat uh there was never any thought of sellout among among you know me and my immediate friends we we never thought that we just absolutely loved the record beginning to end i didn't think there was really um a weak song on it yeah james called it very nice that one of his quotes he called it slow heavy and ugly and Probably my favorite yeah. part of the song, Alex, I don't know about yourself, is the intro. I love hearing yeah. Jason's, you know, dungeon-like rumble of the bass here. And the little variations of doo-doo-doo, the sort of the, and the guitars that go over the top of it. And how it all coagulates into that Justice-style riffing. I think it's the Black Album at its best here. Yeah, you get those big echoing drums, mm. you know, there. And Jason's... Uh, bass it you know as I read the lyrics a few times through and listened to the song again and you see the subject matter and it's it's to me it's almost like they're you know I, I think this song mirrors back to leper messiah also oh, yeah, definitely. is like they're they're marching in the accused and now James is gonna just let them have it yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, the title alone, The God That Failed, it's one of the most powerful, right. prosaic Metallica titles ever. Yeah. And actually, I did think, is this a quote? Is this just James saying something? Because it has been used subsequently in this documentary, I think, about the, about the downfall of capitalism that's called The God That Failed. There's actually a book from 1949. Again, this might be a coincidence. It comes up when you Google it. But it was a collection of six essays uh, comprised of the testimonies of a number of ex-communist writers and journalists. And the theme of the essay was disillusionment uh, with the ab- abandonment of communism. And obviously this has nothing to do with communism, this song. But ideas of, of disillusionment, disenfranchisement yeah. run deep throughout the album as a whole and God That Failed as, a, as an example. One of the things that strikes me is, like I, I call back to Leper Messiah, um, 
anti-TV evangelist songs were on every thrash album back in the 80s. It was it was as staple as the as the ballad were was for 80s glam bands. But this is a much more mature song, and the lyrics are are um, are just uh, amazing to some of these. And I think you know James. Uh, it's it's interesting. Let's let's just get into him when mm-hmm. he when he said I I just like the uh, you know with the kickoff with the pride you took pride you feel pride you felt when you kneel and that's that's right off you know if he was going to this church and if they had a youth thing and they had to do Bible memorization you know it's one of the things I became a Christian when I was thirty five years old and one of the things you're you know is uh, Prayer is not a prideful thing, mm. you know. If if in the Christ, Christianese you're in front of the Almighty Creator of the universe, if any you you are humbled by that experience, and you know it's this sort of yes, I did my three or four prayers a day, aren't I great? And all this, and then the um, then I think he goes into the this is. Where then the next one is I think where his par- his mom was was confused. It's not the word, not the love, not mm. what you thought from above, you know. Because uh, you know, similar with cults, they all have some secret knowledge, and um, or secret knowledge they claim to have. But you know, the you know in Christianese again, they're the it, it, not the word. Well, that's. That's the other word for the Bible, yep. not the love. God is love, not what you thought from above. Um, you come to the end of of your life, and it's uh, um, been a been um, maybe you figured out it's a lie. But uh, I believe really this next part here that it feeds, it grows, it clouds out all that you will know. DC, DC. That sort of to me is the callback to he's singing to the leper Messiah right there, the false, the false leader that's led his his mother down this down this path, mm, mm. and and that she had then did he I see faith in your eyes. She just wants this, and but you you know he had to know something because been with youth groups before and. You know, done some of the Bible memorization with kids, and uh, and you know, it's it's so easy to twist it. You know, never you hear the discouraging lies. So, and then that broken is the promise, betrayal, the healing, and then that healing hand held back by the deepened nail. That oh, is just an amazing lyric. It is. It is. It, yeah. To me. I, I I agree. I that I, that lyric had sort of missed me. I think I'd heard snatches of it, but then yeah, reading it on the page, so powerful, such a brilliant image, really profound. Uh, I think it's even uh, before. Let me scroll down the lyrics. Back when he sings, the trust you gave a child to save left you cold, and him in grave. You know, I think he's singing about himself there. That you know. And then, then again, as you get to the deepened nail, is that his cross that his mother has stapled, put herself on. She can't lift a hand. She's not even going to be able to lift a hand to to comfort him. I mean, it's such an angry, you know, such an angry um, feeling from James on mm-hmm. that. And, you know, it's really, you, you think about it being 
uh, you know, people being hard, just heartbroken over losing his parents, you know, and you, I just finished, you know, being on my back like this. I just finished the book, um, the, uh, back to the front and I'm that part when they talk about when Lars was in New York or Copenhagen doing interviews and James and, uh, Cliff and are out they're out shooting and fishing and all that and they have that um, that difference in their lifestyle I, I you know James Lars had that you know great family that you know led gave him, him all that <laughs> the, the tennis star father and, who had jazz uh, musician friends yeah and, right know, yeah right yeah and and um I'm sure, you know, I didn't, I've never read about if what Mr. Burton's role was in James's life. I, I, I just, that'd be something I'd interest, yeah. be interested in finding out. Yeah, certainly. And uh, the way the lyrics are written in terms of, you know, because most of the lines have like three or four syllables. It almost reminds me of a psalm or something to be repeated, something very simplistic that would have an effect on the masses. Yep. And, uh, you know, totally agree with the healing hand held by by the deep and now. It's one of my favorite James lyrics ever. And I think the ideas they're exploring here are fantastic as well. And just, the, the you know, the repeating of pride and not and it and then the duh sounds as well. Deceit, deceive, decide. It, you know, it's just put together expertly for me. I really, really enjoy the track. And um, it just has a, a sort of a justice mode as well, I think, musically. I don't know if you yeah. get that, you know. A kind of angered grit, a sort of despair yeah. at situations around it that's mimicked by the riffing. Yes, yeah, I can, I can see your point there. It is that is that that sort of barking in key lyrics that he's sort of <laughs> yeah. doing there, and that I could see that it um, the um, how you how you get that. Um, one of the other things I wrote down here was the guys uh, got ahead of myself was. The, the one phrase, you know, find your pe- find your peace, find your say, find the smooth road on your way. The, you know, there that's another Christianese thing. The mm. the road to hell is wide and easy to travel, and there's no signpost, so it's just you just go on your merry way. I mean, these are just you know his attack on that religion and and that and that just then it's followed up with again with that verse that finishes with that refrain that finishes with the left you cold and him in grave i Mm. I just and the idea of uh hearing faith in someone's cries as well because faith's such an intangible concept that doesn't really have any sensory element to it but you can almost imagine what you're hearing the desperation there it's very vivid Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the you know because you know, some of these uh, Christian scientists, uh, people that listen, that are followers of word faith, um, uh, you know, name it, claim it type stuff, mm. and they get sick and they're like, well, why aren't you making me better? And that's their, that's that, you know, I hear faith yeah. in your cry. You know, these people on TV have told me I could and why aren't I? Um, so... And then you get to the end, and they are this song just marches on that angry um, going, and then 
what is it about that simple outro? Mm. I was thinking the <laughs> just same thing. The four little, just the four little notes that he plays there at the end, and then the song's over. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, always it's it's just a heavy song. You expect it to have, you know, maybe one of their false endings on, on one of those. Is that, you know, to signify that? I I don't know. It wouldn't. It's it's just. Uh, or maybe you know, that, maybe ending I, with I ending, about. End, ending with the bass that started it. You know, going back to the dust, yeah. as it were. But it, but it doesn't, as you say, it has a really interesting ending where it sort of just bunches up, going grander, going grander, and then just a simple chord strum ends the whole yeah. thing. And I, I love it. It's really yeah. disarming. Yeah, it, it is. That you, you know, it's, you're expecting you know one of their famous maybe false finish that they yeah. do, and then you know take it to the next level one more time for you. But uh, it's if he's saying this song it's the song is so personal it doesn't it doesn't need it he said what he has to and it's like hey it's 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 over now mm. he's put it behind him maybe i i don't know yeah and i i love the guitar throughout i love the the playful being in there nah, 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 you know oh, the left yeah. right speaker dueling as we build up and oh. I, I think you know everything's been said about how amazing this record sounds and i think this one just sounds so clean and so deep and yeah i, I love the sound of this record as well and you know when when he's singing the you know i see faith in your eyes as well it's kind of hard to sing the guitar line but i think everyone knows what i'm talking about the sort of building stuttering thing that really feels quite different and unique and very metallic yep. in this mode um Almost a minute of the song, Alex, is taken up by uh, Kirk's guitar solo. Um, a guitar solo that, you know, he was a big fan of. He said, quote, I had this whole thing worked out, but it didn't really fit because the lead was too bluesy for the song, which is characterized by real heavy riffing uh, and chording. And according to Kirk, he and Bob Rock worked out his guitar solo on the song. Together they composed a melody to which Hammett wanted to add harmony. Rock suggested that this would make the song sound too pretty and instead recommended playing the melody an octave higher. The final guitar solo was put together from over a dozen performances by the guitarist during the recording of the album. Hammett calls the resulting work one of his favourite solos on the album. Is it, is it one of yours? Yeah, I'd have to, mm. yeah, I would have to say, I, see, for me, I, I, it's difficult for me to pick out favourite guitar solos. I'm not a musician. I, I, take the, I take the solo as part of the song, uh, myself, uh, you know, there's certain guitar solos, yeah, that I'll put out, you know, above uh, above others. But I think this one, um, it, it's it just it 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 meshes perfectly. I mean, it's that you know the this the same thing. You can see maybe a lesser version of uh, Bob Rock's challenging. Kirk, you know, during the, uh, during the, uh, on year and a half in the life of Metallica, or maybe after that, after he did that sort of, maybe Kirk just found himself in that other place. But yeah, it's just, um, as a composite, I just think the whole song, the, the, the solo fits so well, it carries the mood of the song. Um, the, I just, I just love, I just, <laughs> I've grown to love this song more listening to it yeah. as much, you know, because it's, you know, it's the first song on the fourth side of the LP. Mm. Um, you, you've got, 
you know, by that sometimes there I'm waiting for Struggle Within because that's the one song I'm very miffed that they don't play live because I've always loved that song. Uh, that was one of my first favorites, you know, after when I first got the album, you know, I'd seen the video for Inner Sandman and um, just thought that video was cool and the song was great. But then I remember when we got the tape and played it and when that um, Sad But True hit, that was just, well, I knew this was, you know, this is a Metallica record. They're not, you know, it's not going to be a, a pop thing. You know, they, Inner Sandman's a heavy song, but it does have that accessibility. But they go right into sad but true and then the rest of these songs the god that failed uh, is another one that you know couldn't be released as a single just because of you know especially here in america that just wouldn't fly as yeah. a single being played on on the radio <laughs> yeah it's it's because i mean yeah the most interesting aspect is the uh, religiosity about the song of course and um apparently this song was referenced in an essay by Baylor University assistant professor of religion Mr Paul Martins and this is in a book entitled um what's it called here? it's called call me the seeker listening to religion in popular music uh, from an essay called Metallica and the god that failed an unfinished tragedy in free acts and he apparently says that the song is admired by some anti-religious groups such as Alabama atheist and the secular web he notes however that Hetfield does not celebrate god's failure in the song but instead blames god through his mother's faith and death for contributing to the meaningless of life and the title itself the god that failed is kind of a paradox isn't it alex because i guess with god omnipotence is assumed so one that fails is not all powerful right and you know in the god that they're following is not the god you know it's not the the one uh of it's not the one talked about in the bible it's uh you know i can see that you know in these lyrics james probably you know he had his sunday school readings and he probably just as he's always done is questioned you know why are you saying this when i read it and it says that you know it says over and over and, and you know there's things in the bible why do you you know you worship these false gods when you've got me why are you doing that it's sort of you know the is the israelites and the golden calf at the, at the foot of mount sinai during the ten commandments so um turning to that false idol so um yeah it's uh i, I could see how it would be for for an atheist and i think that's you know another genius of his of the way he the way he writes his his lyrics um, I'm taking it this way, and if an atheist re- read it, he, he's going to take it a completely different way. Um, that's Headfield's pretty genius in all of that. In in his writing is how he how the narrator and his story. I would say probably the most they went off one side or the other was the songs on Injustice for All, and um, and then on this album. Uh, um, don't tread on me. Hmm. But you know, here in the Midwest, that's that's an anthem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you guys love the Gadsden flag, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not as much up here, but you get into the the mid the mid South and some of the people in the uh, the more conservative people in the Northeast will you know 
out of outside of the major metropolitan cities, you know, they'll have that flag because you know that's where it, it started from. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And you know, the, the, the song surprisingly for how good it is uh, has only been played eighty eight times. It's actually debuted almost three years after the Black Album came out. Uh, this is May thirtieth, ninety four, yeah. in Buffalo, New York. And most of its plays come from its revival. Uh, the last time it was played was on the Orion Music Show, actually the festival show in uh, Atlantic City in June twenty four, uh, June twenty fourth, twenty twelve. Just covered that with James on our Orion Festival episode. It's probably out in a little while, in about a week, or so it'll be out on the Patreon already. But um, wh- why do you think this? Why hasn't it been a mainstay? Is it too personal for him to sing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, um, does he? I, I, um, how do they, you know, they got so many great songs, uh, you know, making a set list has just got to be, you know, torturous with all this stuff that they do. Uh, I'm, you know, I, yeah, I would think that <laughs> I've talked about this with some friends. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if during their, you know, years they get where they aren't re- touring as much that they just did you know, sort of like they do the turn, tuning room videos. They did a, uh, you know, once a month thing or from the, uh, from HQ and they played some of these old, these songs that have never been done before and they do them live and, you know, have it be part of their fan club thing. Mm. Who knows? I, you know, it's such a, you know, you've got, you know, Mars has said many times is you've got songs you have to play, you know, or the the people are, are not going to like it. You know, why don't they play? Say, you know, why don't they play "Bleeding Me" off of off of uh, you know "Low"? There, you know, when when you and when you did your top ten, I, that was a was a I was surprised to find that many many people. You know, agreed with me with having that in their top ten mm. uh, would just be an amazing song live. Uh, but um, you know, you just you only have so much time, I guess. You do. <laughs> you certainly, <laughs> you certainly do. Um, so yeah, that is the God that failed. Everyone listening, please get in touch with me, metallicapod at gmail.com. Uh, comment on the video as well. Let us know what you think about this song. I think it's a bit of an underrated gem. I mean, obviously everyone knows it's on the Black Album. Everyone knows all of those songs. But yeah, the intro especially for me. Uh, never get bored of it. Love hearing Jason with some clarity. And love that it's incorporated in the song. Love the move- movements of the song as well. Not too hot personally on the solo. I think there's some uh, more highlights on the album, Kirk. I'm surprised you consider it one of your favourites. Considering all the singles had immaculate work. As well as, uh, you know, Don't Tread on Me. The mention of Wolf of Man as well. Many more but um you know alex uh close out anything you'd like to promote i know you've got your uh your, your vinyl page as we say yeah i'm just i'm on there selling records i've uh um i don't i haven't got any any i've, I've got a few that i need to clean up and put on there but i don't i've got a pile that are need to go through my disc washer and get out there there's a lot of common things it's interesting what what mm. people buy i've uh, got a rush on people buying there's a band from texas called uh, duel and they put out a live album just recently and i had two copies of each of their first two albums and i 
all of a sudden those just sold after having them in inventory for for six months right. so and so you know you never you never know you'll you know so you'll find a album like uh fleetwood mac um Oh, I can't remember what the name of it is. It's the one with uh, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are dancing on the cover. Oh, rumors. Uh, sort of the yeah, no, no, not rumors. It's oh, the still, the, it's, re- it's the, the debut, isn't it? The sort of no, no. This one's uh, this one's further after that. I okay, just can't okay, think yeah. of the Fleetwood title. Fleetwood Mac right fans are that. screaming right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, buy for a dollar at uh, buy for a dollar at the Goodwill. Yeah. You know, right from my manual. Watching the process, playtest it, put it out there, it went for seven, so you, you just never know. All right, well, uh, Alex, as ever, we'll put the link in the description below. This has been great. Uh, please, people, follow us uh, on, on YouTube, on iTunes, Twitter, Patreon is also there. We will be back next week. Um, well, apologies for the delay as well if you listen to this in real time this has came out slightly later than we normally do it but uh, yeah can't be helped what are we doing next uh, let's have a look here yeah Green Hell Last Caress is out which I've already recorded oh, before this one which is a really fun episode with um, Ryan so look forward to that I've also got Halo on Fire Hardwired and Hate Train within the next month as well so you know we're slowly getting there we're almost through yeah. halfway through the alphabet I believe but um, Alex as always it's been a treat thank you very much well thanks a lot Tom have a good one friend